0: Hello City Church, we're back with another episode of City Church Together. Uh, Sorry it's been a few weeks, Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but sometimes things happen and we can't get to the podcast. So we are not abandoning you um, and hopefully on this podcast we will be able to set you back on track, you can pull your life back together, repent of all the awful things that you've been doing the last couple of weeks without our help. And no, I, I pray that you don't need us that much, but we are back today and do want to um, go through some scripture with you today. So that's what we're going to do um, today. We'll um, I want to go back in time since we missed a few readings together. And I'm going to go back to reading for a few days ago uh, in Proverbs, specifically Proverbs chapter 16. Uh, hey, my name is Trevor. I don't know if, I, if this is your first time listening. Then my name is still Trevor. doesn't matter however many times you've listened, has no effect on my identity. But I do want to identify myself. All right, so um, Proverbs 16. Let's go there now, and hopefully this meditation today um, will be um, helpful to you in your understanding of the Lord and walk with Jesus, who is the Lord. Trinity. All right, Proverbs chapter 16. I, w- I just want to highlight and read um a few of these verses, so I'm going to take a sampling of some of the verses that that I want to highlight today, uh, because Proverbs uh, Proverbs is kind of a tough cookie because uh, it kind of reads like a fortune cookie. So um, I just want to string a thread through um, something in Proverbs 16 and talk about it. So let's start in Proverbs 16. One says this: the reflections of the heart belong to mankind, but the answer of the tongue. Is from the Lord. All a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs his motives. Commit your activities to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has prepared everything for his purpose, even the wicked, for the day of disaster. All right, so now let's go down. So those are the first four verses, and now I want to go down to um um I want to go down to verse nine says a person's heart plans his ways but the Lord determines his steps. God's verdict is on the lips of a king his mouth should not give an unfair judgment. All right? And now I want to go over to verse 13. Righteous lips are a king's delight and he loves one who speaks honestly. And then uh, verse 15, when a king's face lights up, there is life. His favor is like a cloud with spring rain. And then let's go down now to um, verse 23. The heart of a wise person instructs his mouth. It adds learning to his speech. Okay, okay. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the taste, and health to the body. There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way of death. And then let's now jump down to verse um, 32. Patience is better than power and controlling one's emotions than capturing a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord, and that is the word of the Lord from various verses in Proverbs 16. All right, so what are we going to highlight today? Um, We're doing a hear journal today, so the H is for highlight, the E is for explain, the A is for apply, and the R is for respond in prayer. Um, So, Let's um, talk about, uh, mainly, I want to highlight two verses in here today, and we're going to let, um, I I included some of those other verses to sort of bring out a theme in Proverbs 16. So the two verses I want to highlight, particularly verse 32, um, I'll do them backwards, verse 32. Patience is better than power and controlling one's emotions than capturing a city. And then back in verse 1. Um, the reflections of the heart belong to mankind, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All right, so let's start in verse thirty-two. Just listen to this verse. Now, this is this verse. Um, what I've read is the CSB translation. So let me also give a parallel translation here in the ESV. Listen to this: Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he. Who takes a city? Now, first, just as an aside, just reading those two verses together, knowing some of the history of these translations, knowing that they are both trustworthy translations, um, what I can say to you, uh, and what I what I hope I'm demonstrating to you, is how powerful it actually can be to read the same verse in different translations. Um, because I am getting um, sort of different distillations of what the Hebrew says. Um, that actually helps me to wrap my mind around the better, um, the better idea. The CSV here, um, the, the ESV tends here to give me a, a more literal translation, um, and the CSB tends here to give me a better, um, let's call it a better big idea of what the passage is getting at, which I think both are incredibly helpful. So patience is better than power, right? First of all, just meditate on that idea for a second. I'm going to say it one more time. And unless you are driving in your car or doing something that requires your attention, I'd encourage you to close your eyes and receive this. Patience is better than power. Patience is better than power. All right. Not only is that alliterated, alliterated, which makes it its own kind of holy, but it is, um, man. It's it's just a very pithy statement that is true that really illustrates well the ESV's version of this, which is, "Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty." So patience, specifically, it is referring to um, being slow to anger. So we're talking about emotions, and of course, the second half of these parallel of this parallel verse says. Controlling one's emotions is better than capturing a city. All right, so let's talk about this verse for a minute. Patience, controlling one's anger, is better than power. Now, what does it tell you? Power, uh, we've said before that a a theme in Proverbs is that um, even it it is better to wait— for the long-term results of faithfulness in the moment, than it is to try to short-circuit the system and get all of the good results up front. What ends up happening then is typically some type of unrighteous or sinful activity. All right. So the the, the point, and in the long run, when you short-circuit the process and try to get the the crown before the cross, um, w- that you end up hurting a lot of people, and it works out worse even for you in the long run. So patience is better than power. Now, power here, it says controlling one's emotions, this, this illustrates this idea really well, controlling one's emotions is better than capturing a city. Think about capturing a city. Capturing a city is um, an outward um, thing that you are doing, okay? Um, I'm thinking about, uh, particular to me, like in pastoral ministry, how easy, uh, how much in in some cases, it's just easier to do the hard work of making things happen in the church or in the city or in the world, you know, leadership um, kind of stuff, pulling off worship gatherings, you know, um, preaching a sermon, doing things that people notice and say, that's great. Sometimes it's easier to do that, than it is to look inside myself and do the work that I'm actually called to, which is self-control. That's what this is talking about, controlling one's emotions, particularly anger, particularly anger. So patience is better. Patience is better. Controlling one's anger is better than being mighty or having power or controlling external situations. And oftentimes we think of the ends that We can get to by any means possible like just forget yourself. You don't have to worry about taking care of yourself as long as you're getting the things in the external world that are that sort of bring you praise or bring you laud or bring you attention or bring you a sense of satisfaction or a sense of accomplishment but the scripture actually comes at us very differently particularly in the new testament when god uh when god talks about us um, having the holy spirit when the biblical authors write to us about having the holy spirit it is it is this idea that no you are the the gift that you have is the gift of self control and yet we often worry about the external things and chase after that and jesus says things in sermon on the mount like like um uh, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough trouble of its own instead seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness in other words in other words Go at exactly what this proverb says What are you in charge of controlling not the world? You are in charge of controlling yourself with the help of the Holy Spirit Leave the external things to what flows out of you When you are working with the Holy Spirit essentially on yourself in repentance of sin, in faith, patience, which, which takes an incredible amount of patience. And it takes an incredible amount of patience to not change your out, outside circumstances. A lot of the things that we do to avoid the inner war within us and the things that we don't want to change about ourselves, end up in sort of things that we do to control. So say like an eating disorder. Anything that we can do to get a sense of control in our life for the raging out-of-control interior that we have, this proverb is telling us, Jesus comes telling us, the writers of the New Testament come telling us, no, 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 that is not the main thing you're to be concerned with, controlling outs, the external world in your circumstances. Instead, focus on the internal. All right, now, 16, that message at the end that just continues to back up what we have in 16:1 which says the reflections of the heart belong to mankind but the answer of the tongues from the lord now when i read this i thought what in the world is he going for here what in the world is he going for well this word reflections is also um is translated in the esv plan um so it's like arrangement or plan or preparation of the heart um and Essentially, what this is saying is echoing another verse that we read on down in this that we read together. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his step. His step. So this is that 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 um, ever ongoing struggle in theology of where does uh, uh, and philosophy honestly where does our free will fit with God's sovereignty that that God is is making the world go in the way that He desires it to. And even though this verse doesn't explain that, it recognizes the reality of that tension, and it affirms that we have free choice. That's what the reflections of the heart belong to mankind. That's yours. Trevor, you have a choice. Jacob, you have a choice. Wherever wherever you're listening, you have choices to make that you are in control of. That's that self-control, that that's controlling oneself is better than capturing a city. You have real agency, and you are in charge of you in terms of seeking repentance in terms of letting the spirit um, guide you in terms of waking up every day committed to righteousness rather than using your members for righteousness, Romans 6, rather than unrighteousness, okay? But he says the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Now, what is the answer of the tongue? Well, the answer of the tongue is what proceeds out of us into the world. Um, So you remember when Jesus in the New Testament, he says that um, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, Um, I think Jesus said that now that I say it it kind of sounds like David as well. But um, I do think Jesus said that Um, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there is this idea that um, uh, this sort of Hebrew idea that what's in your heart Manifest itself in the world from your tongue. So if you want to know what somebody's heart is, you listen to what they're saying and the way they're saying it. Now, this realm, it says in sixteen one, this is God's realm where he is directing everything. But somehow, what we're in charge of controlling is actually going to have a real effect on what God is controlling. Now, I'm just... As I talk about this, I'm not trying to put this necessarily in logical terms. I am only trying to put this in terms of sort of the binary that we get in the text. This realm belongs to you, humankind. This realm belongs to the Lord. But there is some connection in what comes out of our mouth in what happens in the world. So where is my heart and what, how it is in in controlling, um, in this case, in Proverbs 16, my anger, but the big picture is could self control that is submitted to God that when i speak i actually participate in what god does now we read several other verses throughout 16 that had a lot of significance on speaking on what comes off the lips and also kings okay now who are kings well kings in this day and age and we uh, in the day and age of the bible and also in our day and age we would understand it like this kings would be the people who have the significant power, who have the significant control, who can actually make decrees, and what they say will actually have something to do in the world. In other words, if the king says, everybody's going to wear funny hats in my kingdom, everybody's going to put on a funny hat. All that needs to happen is the king to say it. So what is being communicated here is, yes, the Lord directs our steps. Yes, it is his plans out in the world, but if you want to um. And I'm simplifying this, so please forgive me. I'm trying to go to the spirit of Proverbs 16 here. If you want to tap into getting alongside and pushing forward what God is doing in the world, exercise self-control through the Holy Spirit in yourself, and then the overflow of that will work with God's plans in the world instead of against God's plans in the world. And in that way, you actually will have effect on the things around you. Okay. now let's apply that. That's the A. So that's the that's the E explanation of what this says. Now, let's apply it. Um, This is a very comforting truth to me, but also could be kind of confusing. The application of this is just what I said. Yes, God is going to accomplish his purposes. But he wants to use what I'm doing. And in, in, in the insanity of, it feels like what I need to do is neglect the inner man, is neglect self-control, so then sort of push it aside and let's call it do ministry. I need to go after the things that will manipulate my environment. I need to go after the things that will bring results in the real world instead of wasting time on myself. And church, doesn't it just feel like that? You're spending time, you know, you could spend hours and hours and days and days and days sort of working on yourself and doing the interior work of reflection and thinking about, you know, confessing your sin and repenting and nobody would notice. But you could spend one week on really trying to pull off a ministry event and tons of people would notice and they would send you emails thanking you for how you know how much that really helped me. That is really attractive to me. But this says actually, that will work against God's purposes if your heart is not aligned with Him. It, working with God's purposes means I spend my time patiently on the interior, on me, letting letting the Lord show me my sin, confessing freely my sin, knowing that I'm forgiven and let, he, let him work on the inner me, and then what I have to say or what uh, would the effect that I have on the world will actually flow in with God's purposes. That is good news. For me, I think it takes the pressure off. It takes the pressure off. Because now, my primary objective, even City Church, as I lead you, my primary objective is not how many things can I do to affect other people or you know, I was even thinking of, you know us moving in this building this um hopefully you know our prayers by the end of 2022 but us moving in this building like the whole community is going to see that and that you know they're going to just make assumptions about wow city church is really blowing and going and something good must be happening there because look they have this external building but they what they would have missed is 10 years of um Not only my own personal wrestling with God, but I know so many of you and the interior work that God has done in so many of us. But, you know, sort of all that gets noticed or lauded is what we're doing that looks like it's, you know, that we're on our way up in this community. But I don't want that for us, City Church. I don't want that for you. I am committed and and thankful that the pressure is off for me to make big splashes with you or with this city or with anybody else. Where God wants me is continuing to return to him, continuing to bring him my weakness, my sin, continuing to let the Holy Spirit fill me and follow the Holy Spirit's leading as I know God more and more. And out of that, I know, City Church, we will have a huge effect on the city as you do that, too. And so let's pray in that direction. Our Father, it is really just—it's just difficult, Um, and it and it seems slow Um, to not make all the big moves that would bring us laud and appreciation, but instead to face some of the demons that we have on the interior, to confess our sin, to operate in self-control instead of world domination. And yet that is the way, God, that you want to move in us in the world. And we submit ourselves to that truth. We submit ourselves to you. And we want to be a church who does the interior work of self-control and confession and repentance and faith. So that out of our mouth, we speak as kings and queens. Able to change our environment. Not because we want to control our environment but because you're working through us because we have made ourselves vessels of your Holy Spirit. Do that and do it hundreds of times over in us and then through churches throughout our city. Kingdom come. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.